from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Nathaniel Hackett is the new offensive coordinator of the New York Jets. And while I can love the hire, while I can celebrate the hire, while I can run up and down the halls like Kermit the Frog, waving my arms in the air with excitement, I can at the same time tell you that it does not mean a thing when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, it doesn't mean a thing. Nothing. Like, there is a possibility that Aaron Rodgers could end up being the quarterback of the Jets. Cool. That existed before Nathaniel Hackett. That exists now. I don't think any of those odds changed a single second. Not not a single iota. Nothing about today's news changes any chance that Aaron Rodgers is the next quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I I am coming in. My grandma used to tell me differently, man. You know what my grandma used to tell me, Fitz? If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Boy, I don't care who tell it. No, lie don't care who tell it. Oh. A lie don't care who tell it. A lie don't care who tell it. It doesn't mean anybody can tell it. Oh, we could totally do a segment here where Harry Douglas's grandma gives us phrases and then I paraphrase it in simplest. You know, grandma got a lot of them too. I know, now. like, a lie don't care who tell it. I'll give yeah. it to you in, like, you know, typical middle-aged white dude uh, language and we'll see how it feels. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> for the culture. That was like for old English. That wasn't like. A lie for the culture, baby. don't care who tell it. What do you think? Yep. Am I nailing this? Yeah. Okay. So, what's it no. mean, though? Like, you're telling well, me I'm well, wrong, or I'm in the old white man voice? Yes, you're nailing it. Okay. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. I, I, I truly appreciate that. No, I, I, I think at this point we both agree, and I, you and I, I think, squarely over the last couple of hours, have come to the same conclusion that this is a good hire for the Jets. I just don't think it means a damn thing when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Like, if he wants to stay with the Packers, he's going to stay with the Packers. If he wanted to go to the Jets, he was going to go to the Jets. And I don't think Nathaniel Hackett alone is any reason to change any of that. Like, I know people want to connect the dots. I said it earlier. I'll say it again. I've talked to three different people now that know the Broncos hiring organization particularly well and are familiar with what went down in the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett. And all three of them, independent of each other, have told me the same thing. That Aaron Rodgers wasn't even part of the conversation in hiring Nathaniel Hackett. We made it part of the conversation, but nobody within the Broncos organization seems to believe that. Up, oh, up, oh, stopping. Breaking news. We have breaking news. And for once, I'm not being a jerk. We actually have breaking news. A coach has been hired in the NFL. Pause all offensive coordinator conversation. The Carolina Panthers have just tweeted this out. Hashtag Panthers. I don't know why they hashtag themselves. Agree to terms with Frank Reich to become new head coach. I don't know, man. Uh-oh. I don't know. You had Wilkes in the room, and Wilkes did a really damn good job. He and did. You, you fired him for the guy that, that got how many chances to get the quarterback right and never did? I, ooh. I, I don't get this. I, like Frank Reich wasn't dealt a hand that was bad at the quarterback position. He was part of dealing the hand. He was part of the organization's decisions every time to go all in on Carson Wentz. He was part of the organization's decision to go all in on Matt Ryan. He was wrong about all that. Now you think he's suddenly going to get it right with the Carolina Panthers? Harry, I don't like this at all. You know what I'm thinking? I'm looking at how Nick Sirianni adores Frank Wright. We all know how he felt after beating the Indianapolis Colts, the Colts. You know, when Jeff Saturday had the job, recently had firing Frank Wright, right? 
And you see how close those two guys are. You see Jalen Hurts, right? They draft Jalen Hurts in the second round. You know, it's, he's in year three now. He's more into the system. He's thriving, played at the MVP level, played in the NFC Championship game. I'm wondering if the Carolina Panthers are saying to, to, to themselves, okay, we see what the Eagles have been able to do. We have some running backs here. We have some receivers. We have some young players on defense that can be phenomenal for our organization. We just got to get this quarterback position right. Now, I do agree with you, Frank Wright has not got that quarterback position right when he was in Indy, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, he bet a lot on Carson Wentz. And having the ties to Carson Wentz and believing in him 100% that he was going to be able to get it done, that had, that de- definitely failed. Matt Ryan this year, he wanted to go with a veteran. I'm really interested now to see who the Carolina Panthers are going to draft in the first round quarterback-wise. If they decide they're not going to do it free agency, free agent-wise or via trade, who are they going to draft and what's the plan for that young quarterback if they do go that route? Is it going to be the same type of plan that they had for Jalen Hurts in Philly? My, my problem is, he's Harry Douglas, I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The breaking news, Frank Reich has been hired as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. My problem is, you're so right. The, the Carolina Panthers have a glaring issue, and that glaring issue is the quarterback problem. So mm-hmm. now, you've hired somebody that screwed up the quarterback problem twice for the Colts. And on top of that, part of that screw-up that will always blow my mind is that he knew Carson Wentz better than anybody. He was around Carson Wentz. He had the best understanding possible of that player, and he still he brought him in. He gave up a lot to do it. They gave up money to do it, and they were wrong. Like It's one thing to be wrong about a guy that you haven't been in the building with, and you get him, and you're like, man, I just didn't know this side of him. Uh, my advisors, the people I know with other teams didn't tell me. Like I'll buy all that logic. I ain't buying any excuse for Carson Wentz not working out for Frank Reich because Frank Reich should have known better. So now what you have is a team that was absolutely falling apart right? Falling apart. And they bring in an interim coach that gets them together. And maybe they weren't a great football team, but they were playing competitive football. And instead of keeping the guy in there that was doing it, you bring Frank Reich. Like, I I understand if you don't want to keep Wilkes because you're bringing in somebody else that is like a guru and that's going to be able to figure out this quarterback position. And you say, look, I just really trust what this person brings to the table. But the body of work for Frank Reich, as good as at times the Colts have looked, the body of work on Frank Reich to me doesn't make a lot of sense. He had five different week one starting quarterbacks in his five years with Indianapolis. He's getting another new quarterback this year, but he's part of the reason why in every one of those situations. Part of the reason why. And I don't buy any of the junk that the Colts are selling about, well, Andrew well, Luck's retirement. Well, hold on now. You took other swings. At, 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 no, now, I would say this. Now, when you look at the quarterback position and what he did or didn't do when he was in Indy, I don't think, I think when it comes to Carson Wentz, yes, you can blame Frank Wright for that. Matt Ryan, I would, I would probably say the same thing as well. Anything before that, the owner and the GM had to sign off on those things as well now. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't just Frank Wright now. It's, it's not like he has 100% power to say, hey, this is who we're going with. That's what we're doing. No, no, no. He's the head coach. There's also a, G, a GM in Ballard and also an owner in Ursay. And I, now I give you Matt Ryan, and I'll give you 
Carson Wentz. What about what but about we can't Phillip put Rivers? All of them on Frank Reich. No, you're right. Frank Reich had the first year for Frank Reich. I've got it up here. The first year for Reich, he obviously had had, had Andrew Luck. Then there was the unexpected retirement of Andrew Luck, which led them to Jacoby Brissett, right? And I know that that's obviously not the situation that he thought he was signing up for when he signed up for. The year after that, they went in on Philip Rivers, then on Carson Wentz, then on Matt Ryan. That's three attempts for three consecutive years. At, at veteran so you're putting Philip Rivers on Frank Reich. I mean, at that point, Frank Reich was in year three. I mean, but here's but here's my thing. There's an owner and there's a general manager as well that has to sign off on that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. with I'm that. telling you, I'm giving I'm giving him Carson Wentz. And granted, I'm not going to sit up here and say I can fault him for going to bat for Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was in Philly with him when he was the offensive coordinator. So of course he's going to go to go to you know to bat for his guy. Yeah, but that if you, he coached that he had as a youngster. Oh, but man, like if you work with somebody and you know they're not it, you know they're not him, as the kids like to say, would you go to bat for him when your job Can depends on Can I ask you it? a question? When I, went, when, I, when I got let go by the Atlanta Falcons, you want to know the three teams that I was looking at going? Tampa Bay, where my offensive coordinator had been in Atlanta. Dirk Cutter was now in Tampa. The Tennessee Titans, where my first offensive coordinator in Atlanta – was Mike Malarkey, and then Oakland, where Bill Musgrave was, that happened to be our quarterback coach when uh, early on in Matt Ryan's career. It's who you're familiar with. It's who you're comfortable with. So that's normal. No, I get that. But if you are the head coach of an organization and you go to bat for somebody that doesn't have it and Carson Wentz didn't have it, then you're accountable for that. Like, you could still play at that point. You went and had successful years, right? Like, you went and had some success with the Titans. That's where you chose to sign. Uh, also, you're wide receiver, not a quarterback. We always view the quarterback position through a different lens. If you are a head coach with experience with the quarterback and you bring him in the room because you're willing to fight for him and then he's not good enough, accountability falls squarely at your feet. Like Ooh, that, I, put, I, put, I put the Carson Wentz on him. I mean, I 100% put the Carson Wentz on him. And, and, and then we go from Carson Wentz to, to Matt Ryan. And, you know, uh, obviously Matt Ryan somebody that has had some success. But the way that whole thing went off the rails, like – uh, you're right. Maybe we don't put Philip Rivers, and he did go to a wild card game with Philip Rivers. But when you start three consecutive, when you go three consecutive off seasons, and each off season, your answer is to bring in a veteran quarterback. And each year you're wrong. How the hell do you get a job where the one thing you got to figure out right now is the quarterback position when the last job you had you failed at that? Well, you don't think he's learned from his mistake? Oh, maybe. That's why I don't think in Carolina is looking. That's that's why I don't think Carolina is going to try to bring anybody in free agent-wise or, or trade-wise. They're going to go to the draft and try to groom a young quarterback to be their answer. Man, that is, that's going to be interesting. I think Mel Kuyper in his most recent mock draft had Anthony Richardson falling to the Colts at the ninth overall pick. So now you're basically saying that you think Frank Reich should be the person that develops your quarterback. And maybe he'll have more success developing quarterbacks than he had just simply bringing in a veteran that could run his offense. It's the big breaking news. Frank Reich is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. It's been a big breaking uh, day. Uh, I should say a big day of breaking news in the NFL. We'll get to what it means for the quarterback carousel across the entire league next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
The New York Jets are hiring former Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. He's got a proven track record of tremendous relationships with all the quarterbacks that he's ever worked with. You shouldn't hire Nathaniel Hackett because you think it'll bring you Aaron Rodgers. That's the lesson from the Broncos last year. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that they need on that football team. So this is an outstanding sign to me. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, want to point out I uh, misspoke earlier. It is the Panthers that have the ninth pick in the draft, not the Colts. Thanks for pointing that out, Twitter. You guys are a thousand percent right. My bad. Uh, that comes on the heels of what we've had throughout the course of the day. Breaking news. We got to a bunch of breaking news. Nathaniel Hackett, as you just heard, is the new offensive coordinator uh, for the New York Jets, which raises the question of what's to come for Aaron Rodgers to some. Also, we have the very breaking news in the last few minutes that Frank Reich has been hired as the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. So we have a couple of dominoes starting to fall that impact the quarterback carousel, particularly, Harry, because let's start with the Jets. I mean, Hackett, uh, everybody hears Hackett, and they immediately think Aaron Rodgers. Nothing changes the fact that the Jets have made it clear they're going to be in the market for a quarterback this offseason. Whether that's Aaron Rodgers or whether that's somebody else, they're going to have to be aggressive in making sure that they bring somebody in, right? So it feels like Nathaniel Hackett, West Coast offense, we all know that, uh, knows this system knows these guys pretty well, but they're going to have to actually have a stab at somebody, right, to, to figure out what they're building forward with. Yeah, 100%. And head coach Robert Sala said in an interview earlier today that his number one concern of the organization's number one concern was the quarterback position. And they are committed to getting a veteran in at the quarterback position. So three guys for me came to mind. Number one, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, not saying that he's the number one guy that they want, but I'm just saying number one in general, Jimmy Garoppolo, number two, Derek Carr, and then number three, Aaron Rodgers. Three veterans right there who's had success in the National Football League that I think can elevate the Jets to a better position more so than they were this year or help them make the playoffs. Their quarterback play this season was horrendous and hard to watch and hard to break down when I'm sitting in my bed, Fitz, watching film because it was so egregious. There are certain quarterbacks that I think make a lot of sense when you talk about developing, and that's why I'm going to say Jimmy G's name a lot on this because we know that Jimmy G is used to having somebody groomed behind him, and it doesn't seem to make any difference, right? So uh, Jimmy G seems comfortable in that situation. If the Jets believe long-term there's any shot at Zach Wilson developing into something for them, then a Jimmy G sort of stopgap quarterback makes a lot of sense. I I still, in my mind, I love the concept of Brady to the Jets. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. It's a match made in heaven. I'm not sure that I 100% buy that Brady would sign there. Uh, it also gets interesting even if the Titans decide to move on, for example, from Orion Tannehill. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, a Tannehill would make sense with the Jets as well. So there are some quarterbacks there that make sense. The Carolina Panthers one gets a little more interesting to me because Frank Reich is there, right? And Frank, as we now know, the new head coach. That's the breaking news. Frank Reich is somebody that in his past we were just talking about debating. Uh, Phillip Rivers, he took a chance on Carson Wentz. He signed Nick Foles to a backup quarterback contract, uh, brought in Matt Ryan. There seems to be now part of that is maybe they just weren't in the spot where there, there was the right quarterback available in the draft. Maybe they would like to turn around and develop a quarterback. Maybe that's their, their MO. But so far, if I'm Frank Reich, it seems like I like proven guys. And if I'm the Panthers, 
man, I've struck out sort of everywhere, so I don't know. Would I rather take a Derek Carr, for example, try and trade for Derek Carr, bring him in and say, hey, this is better than nothing while we develop and figure out what we've got? Like, Derek Carr is still a very capable quarterback. Would that be a solution for them versus dipping into the draft? Or do you wait and see if an Anthony Richardson falls to you and then just hope and pray? I think everything is on the table for the Carolina Panthers right now, but uh, I think I would add to what you just said. And you mentioned the quarterbacks that Frank Reich was able to bring in for the Colts. Now, David Tepper, the owner of the Carolina Panthers, we also have to look at the quarterbacks that they tried to bring in over the last few years and how it didn't work out from a veteran standpoint. You look at a guy like Sam Darnold who started with the Jets and, you know, he was out there seeing ghosts on national TV and it was just amazed me that he even brought it up while he was mic'd up. But Sam Darnold right now is still in Carolina. They brought him in, thought that he could be a difference maker for their team. They also brought in Baker Mayfield this year, a former uh, overall uh, number one overall draft pick, and he wasn't able to be that guy. Remember, they brought in Teddy Bridgewater, another quarterback that wasn't able to be that guy. They brought Cam Newton back. They brought Cam Newton back, and he wasn't able to be that guy. So that's four quarterbacks right there that you brought in. And I didn't even mention P.J. Walker, who was on the staff, and we all know his ties that he had to Matt Rule. So you look at all those quarterbacks that that, that that we're talking about between the Carolina Panthers and also the Colts at the time when Frank Reich was there. Do you want to go that route? That's something that all these guys for Carolina, from the owner to GM to president to head coach, they have to go through and look at their past mistakes between each other and figure out is the best thing to do for their organization moving forward is to go the veteran route or try to build a young guy in the draft to what you want him to be. One of the interesting things about all of this is the weird timing, right? Because uh, we don't know when Brady's going to make a decision on what he wants to do. We don't know when Aaron Rodgers makes a decision on what he wants to do. And also, if he wants to be traded, that may have to be done after June 1st, depending on some of the salary cap ramifications. In the meantime, you've got a, a contract with Derek Carr that kicks in three days after the Super Bowl. They can't trade him until March when the trade deadline comes in. All of this makes for really weird timing, Harry, right? Like Because it's not like everybody's hitting the market at once and you can say, okay, I'm going to pick amongst these choices all today. It's like, nope, I, I could have this guy right now or I could try and wait for this guy. But if I wait for this guy, I might not get that guy. And if I wait for this guy, he may never make a decision. Like When you put it in those terms, I think all of these teams – are a little bit under the gun to try and figure out what the pressure situation looks like before we get to the draft at the end of April. And I will say this, speaking of the draft, last year's draft, we got to remember the Carolina Panthers did draft Matt Corral, and he wasn't able to play this season due to injury, but that's another young guy that's going to be coming back. And I'm interested to see what he's going to be able to look like in the system of Coach Wright. Yeah, it's it's... This is all so wild to me because I said it earlier, and it's funny that, you know, the way the universe makes you question everything you've already said in front of a microphone. I said earlier, the one thing you can't do is reach, right? Like, you can't just suddenly go in and decide, I'm going to leverage everything on a quarterback and not have it work out, but you took it just because you're desperate for a quarterback. You can't pick a quarterback because you're desperate. You have to pick the quarterback because you believe that quarterback is worth risking your job over, right? You know what they say. You reach, I teach. Oh, All right. Man, you that, reach, that, I'm going to teach. That it's all of that makes makes so much of this more difficult because if you're the Panthers, you desperately need a quarterback. We all know that. 
But does that mean you overpay for one that might not be the right solution? Or does that mean you reach in the draft for one that might not actually be a great pick for you right there? This is where it gets complicated. Not complicated when it comes to the NBA. Tonight, huge matchup. Tune into the NBA action tonight. Celtics host the Knicks, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on select ESPN radio stations. In the meantime, as we talk about quarterbacks that are on the move this year, someone here thinks it's already time to talk about the quarterbacks changing teams Next year, you'll hear about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. You just heard the breaking news from the great Christine Lisi. The Panthers have have hired, I should say, Frank Reich as their head coach. How we get there? What's it mean for everything? When news breaks... You know we've got you covered. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Jason Fitz sitting with Harry Douglas. And now our Wolfpack grows by one. Adam Schefter, ESPN Senior NFL Insider, joins us with all of the breaking updates on this. Uh, Shefty, always appreciate the time. Uh, how did the Panthers make this decision on Reich? Well, I think they were targeting an offensive-minded coach. He's the first offensive-minded coach in franchise history. They haven't had one. They were looking to do that. You'll remember early on they were interested in Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson pulled his name out of consideration, stayed in Detroit, the Lions offensive coordinator. And so you began to look at the field, and they really whittled it down to Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach who had a lot of support from the players in the organization, Kellen Moore, the Cowboys offensive coordinator, and Frank Reich. And obviously they decided to go with Frank Reich, who was the first quarterback for this team in its franchise history. In 1995, he was the inaugural quarterback back in the day. You've got a guy who uh, attended seminary in Charlotte after his playing career and still has an off-season home in the area. His daughter recently started working in the Panthers' marketing department. His brother just finished his 22nd season as the head coach at Wingate University outside Charlotte. So there's all sorts of ties to the area. And I think when they looked at it, they felt like he was dealt a little bit of a shorthand. He had five different week one starting quarterbacks in his five years in Indianapolis. There's never a repeat quarterback in Indianapolis, and obviously he'll get another quarterback in Carolina uh, with the idea that this one will stick longer. Adam, how does the first hire impact any other available jobs? I I don't think it does, um, other than the fact that Frank Reich was a candidate, a candidate in Arizona, and obviously will no longer be. And so Arizona is now down to Dan Quinn, who's there, Brian Flores, Sean Payton's interviewing there today, and uh, Ajiro Averro, the Broncos defensive coordinator. So there's some guys in consideration in Arizona, but it's just one fewer guy in Arizona, but I don't really think it has had or does have a dramatic effect uh, on what's going on across the league today. So one team, we know the Panthers interviewed Sean Payton. They hire Frank Reich. Do we have any indication on what the latest is for Payton? Well, I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That, that, that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I, don't, I don't see him landing in Arizona. Um, they already hired a GM, right? Like, if Sean was a part of that and it was one of Sean's guys, then yeah, um, that that might be logical. But they hired a GM who doesn't have a connection to Sean Payton. 
you know, Sean Payton, if he doesn't get one now, next year there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know, with a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search uh, when there are more teams that have openings. Adam, earlier today the Jets hired Nathaniel Hackett. You know the dots, uh, everyone are trying to connect to Aaron yeah. Rodgers. Is that a ridiculous thing to do at this point? Well, uh, w- w- let's look at the facts, right? I like to look at the facts of a situation. And the Jets have been open about the fact that they're going to be in the market for a veteran quarterback. They just hired a good friend of Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is facing the prospect of being traded this offseason. So if he's being facing the prospect of being traded this offseason, and I think that Green Bay would prefer to trade him in the AFC, how many teams in the AFC uh, could and would trade for Aaron Rodgers? Well, the Jets certainly would be amongst them, and now they have one of Rodgers' friends, good friends, as the offensive coordinator. And so the speculation is going to be out there and will be out there. Now, you know, the next thing that's going to have to happen is, is, is Aaron Rodgers going to be open and wanting and interested in being traded? And we haven't heard anything yet that would tell us that he wouldn't be. Now, if he comes out and says, I'm staying in Green Bay, I'll be back, then we can all stop speculating. But I haven't heard that yet. Shefty, and until we hear that, and until we hear that, then, then it's going to continue to come up on this show and other shows like it. Uh, I appreciate your time, man. I know how slammed you are today. Thanks for calling us. Thanks for giving us the latest, my friend. We owe you. Thanks so much for being on with us. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. ESPN senior NFL insider Adam Schefter. Uh, I I mean, you you piece all of this together, and it's funny. Let's start with the Frank Reich portion of this conversation, Harry, because Frank Reich, the breaking news, is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And one thing he stressed is that the Panthers wanted an offensive-minded coach. I, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think we also do need to have a very reasonable conversation that whoever Frank Reich is is not the same as who Matt Rule was, right? Like, I think right now, if you're a Panthers fan, you hear offensive-minded coach, and you think Matt Rule, and you think, oh, there was supposed to be all of this great greatness from what we had before. And it, like, Frank Reich, much different. Uh, familiarity with the Charlotte area also makes sense when you start talking about what it means to be the head coach there and, and what they like culturally, what David Tepper is looking for. There are some reasonable reasons that you can put the dots together. This is all going to be judged based on what they do at the quarterback position. And what's interesting about that is we'll have an answer on it by the time we hit not even uh, not even just the week one of the regular season. By we hit the, by the time we hit the summer, whether Frank Reich decides to go with a young quarterback that's going to be developed, or whether they get aggressive in the free agent market, the Panthers are going to answer their biggest question quickly, which is what was the sales pitch Frank Reich gave them on how to handle the quarterback position? I think that's the one eye opening thing right now when it comes to Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers. What are their plans for the quarterback position? Where are they going to go? And if it's a veteran guy, who is it going to be if it's a young guy? Are they going to be able to groom him for him to have success in the National Football League? 
He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. Fitz and Harry's presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. If you're just tuning in for the first time today, Nathaniel Hackett is the new offensive coordinator uh, for the New York Jets. What's that mean for Aaron Rodgers? We've been talking about it a lot. And of course, we also have the news that we just got that Frank Reich is the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But on top of all of that, Adam Schefter just gave us the biggest piece of news you could possibly get from hanging out with him. We will play it for you again. You'll hear it. We'll react to it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. One, two, three. 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 I, I think right now it doesn't look like there's going to be a spot for Sean Payton. That, that, that's the way it's kind of looking as we speak. Now, we'll see how it shakes out, but I, I, don't, I don't see him. Sean Payton, if he doesn't get one now, next year there's going to be seven, eight, nine, ten openings. He'll be under consideration for many of them. I, I just don't see him rushing to take the job in Arizona with a GM he doesn't know. With a quarterback there are questions about, with a team that's got a lot of issues. So my guess is he sits out and then rejoins the search uh, when there are more teams that have openings. Three hours later. That was just moments ago, Adam Schefter joining us to break down all of the breaking news. And in the process of asking him about Frank Reich, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, and the fact that Sean Payton interviewed for that job and did not get it, we hear the Shefty doesn't believe Payton's taking any job this year. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. All you got to do is say, play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance HD. Think about it. We've spent months talking about Sean Payton's going to get here. Sean Payton's going to be there. He's going to be the coach of the Chargers. He's going to be the coach of the Cowboys. He's going to be the coach of the Chargers, the Cowboys, the Broncos, all at once. Like, every week, it's a new Sean Payton rumor. And what's Shefty tell you right there? He reminds us all of the most important part of this, that Sean Payton gets to choose where he wants to go, and he can afford to be choosy with it because he has great opportunity where he is, and he knows that all he can do when he goes to the next spot, if he does anything less than win at the highest level, it will tarnish that legacy. So why would he take anything less than the absolute perfect situation, which may not exist this year? And I don't blame Sean Payton if he decided to just, you know, sit back and be an analyst. I really don't fit because – you look at the Cowboys' job right now, and even if they don't part uh, part ways with Mike McCarthy, and they say, you know what, let's 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 give him one more year. If Mike McCarthy can't get over the hump next year, I think it's more likely that he won't be back after next year, more so than it would be this season. I look at the Washington Commanders, and I look at their team and Ron Rivera. Are those guys going to be able to, you know, be better more so than they were the last few years? That's another job that could possibly be open. Sean Payton has the luxury of sitting back and being an analyst right now and waiting for the perfect opportunity for him to become a head coach. Also, I would say the Los Angeles Chargers. Brandon Staley doesn't do what he's supposed to do in this next year coming up. 
You can easily just part ways and say, you know what, we're going to go with Sean Payton. Uh, uh, you're you're tip of the iceberg here. Like th- there could be openings in Tampa Bay, uh, my beloved Raiders. If things don't go well for Josh McDaniels, you think that Mark Davis isn't going to turn around and be like, well, I do love rock star coaches, so let's go get me a Sean Payton. Like you can go up and down. The, if the Jets take a, if the Jets fall off the cliff this year with that that roster and they're not a particularly good team, then suddenly could they be looking at a hot seat situation? Like you can go up and down the list. I think that's why it's important Shefty mentioned there could be 7 to 10 jobs open next year. Well, what those jobs could look like. I mean, the the Packers job could be open. Oh, what what about Cleveland? If oh. Kevin Stefanski and 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 they don't do anything. You can you imagine Sean Payton in that offense with the with those guys and being balanced? Whew. Man. Uh, well, Belichick. I mean, what if Belichick decides he's going to retire at some point? Sean Payton, suddenly a, a great... Like, I don't think the legend... This isn't a Joe Gibbs situation where we're saying somebody stays away from the game for a really long time and then comes back. We're talking about a couple of years, and they're still around the game all the time as commentators, right? So I don't think the shine ever dulls on Sean Payton unless he takes a job and things don't go well. At that point, then everybody will suddenly say... So, they'll feel some kind of way about it. So if you're Sean Payton... And you've been in a situation before in a city that you loved, right? Uh, and you've been in a situation before where you knew that you were able to get yourself. You, I mean, he didn't start out with a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he certainly had one. Like You want to make sure that you feel good about the organization structure. You want to feel, make sure you feel good about the ownership. You want to make sure you feel good about the front office. You want to make sure you feel about uh, good about the quarterbacks. You want to fe- feel good about the uh, the fan base. You want to feel good about your ability to compete in the division quickly. Like, if you're Sean Payton, you, you've got a lot of check marks. Like, look, life is different if you're Giselle and you're single. Like, you going out there, you can be choosy about who you're going to date. Life's different if you're Tom <laughs> Brady and you're single. You can be choosy about who you're going to date, right? Like, uh, this in this situation, Sean Payton is a supermodel, and he can be particularly choosy. And he has a nice estate out there in um, California, right? Yeah. Well, let, and it, let Brandon Staley mess up. Oh, my God. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm not getting off of it. I'm still on it. I'm still on it. I mean. Especially if he doesn't take a job this season. If he doesn't take a job this season, they just blew a, blew a 27 to nothing lead. And I know the owners came out and, you know, you know, his job was never in question. And we believe in Brandon Staley. Okay, not do what you're supposed to do when everyone's back healthy next year with Justin Herbert as your quarterback. And then now you got to pay him damn near $50 million a year. Okay. All right. Also, I mean, not for nothing. Life's not about money. And Harry Douglas will tell you this all the time, that when you played around the game, when you were in the game, sometimes it's just about being around the game, right? Like you just want to be on the field with the brothers. You want to be part of the action. I understand that. According to multiple reports, the deal that Sean Payton got at Fox was for roughly $10 million a year. So you're telling me my guy is making $10 million a year to come in on Sundays, talk about football, like – versus what he would make to coach. Like, sure, my, he might make $16, $17, 18000000 million a year if he wants to go coach. He's making $10 million a year, and he is not working coaching hours. Like, come on now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Harry's suddenly oh, like, I'm not I'm working speech- this week. Sam. I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. Man. You, I really am. You, I'm you, speechless. Life hits different when you land on those uh, NFL pregame shows. I mean, we don't we don't all have Evan Wilner money. Evan, what you got? Evan's leaning no, into the mic. He got no, something. No, like, no, Evan, I don't want to hear you. You live in West Hartford. The same right? thing. You live in West Hartford. The same thing happened with Bill Cowher. 
Bill Cowher went to CBS. Everybody saw him on the NFL Today every week. And he every offseason was connected to different jobs. He was connected to the Jets at one point. The Panthers another point. Like every year it was like, oh, Bill Cowher may take this job. Bill Cowher may take this job. And Bill Cowher stayed in the CBS booth and he's st- or in the studio and is still there. Yeah, Could yeah. Sean Payton like just he, like wait, TV wait, wait. and stay he lives in, in the West Hartford TV and he has studio? a lot of money? Uh, uh, here, here's the thing. Hey, Devin. <laughs> Devin, can we get some story time? Can we get some story time here? Because you mentioned Bill Cowher. Brings up story time. Sit down. And listen. This is Storytime with Fitz and Harry. Bill Cowher loves country music. All right. And so he's in Nashville a bunch. Harry, I was sitting in Nashville several years ago, sitting in a bar, just sitting there having a drink. In walks Bill Cowher. Bill Cowher sits down at the bar next to me. I realize at this point I'm just a guy with a podcast trying to make it. I can't ask him to be on my podcast. I never did that. But I figured I have the chance to chop it up with Bill Cowher. So I did. Got to talking with Bill while he was hanging out with his friends. You know what he pointed out to me that I've never forgotten? He pointed out to me, he's like, man, I work on Sundays. Like, other than that, I get to watch a little bit of football, stress-free, and I work on Sundays. The rest of the year, I can go to whatever I want, whenever I want, however I want. I don't have to do any of the rest of that. You know what? I just work on 18 Sundays a year. I think it was 17 Sundays at the time. And he's like... And then when I go out to the Super Bowl, I don't have any pressure. If I'm going out and doing shows around that, I just go out. I watch football because I love watching football. Talk about football with my buddies on set, and I make that money. I think about that every time I think about Bill Cowher because there's there's some fact to that. Like Bill Cowher walked away, knew his legacy was absolute gold, right? Nobody has a a mean thing to say about Bill Cowher. Nobody says anything about the way his his career went because you never had the chance to make bad music, as I say all the time. All he ever did was make hits, hit after hit after hit. Sean Payton, all he ever did was make hits. Like if I'm Sean Payton, I get $10 million a year to work roughly, what, 30, 40 days? So so I got a question. So you're telling me, no, we, the best we way to do it is to go coach, become a hot coach, and then get into the media. Well, uh, I mean, you got to win some Super Bowls as a coach, Harry. <laughs> like you got to win some Super Bowls. Don't you go leaving me now? Wait, but if you what go, are you talking wait, about? I'm not can, talking about for me. I'm just talking about in general. No, I think you're talking about you. In which case, I'm just no, asking. Can bro. I be your offensive <laughs> assistant? I'll just sit back there and be like, Yo, hey, y'all, I played this on Madden. This I'm not week. talking it about was, leaving you. I wasn't wait, talking about myself. Cross, I'm just saying in all general. Cross. We're running all cross. We're doing it all day. That's all. Hey. I'm. I'm going to co- I'm a coach you up now. Yeah, they, I'm going to coach you up. We're no going to be diligent and we're going to be disciplined. You know what I can do? I can do in the back aggressive clapping. I'm aggressive. Let's go, guys. <laughs> Good effort. Good effort. I do it every time I play intramural volleyball. Aggressive clapping is my real coaching skill. What I know is that we're going to keep breaking down all the hot coaching news. You don't want to miss it. Bill Cowher going to join Kenny and Carlin. We'll see what he says about the coaching search. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays from noon to three Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.